Welcome to Supply Chain Now, the voice of global supply chain. Supply Chain Now focuses on the best in the business for our worldwide audience, the people, the technologies, the best practices, and today's critical issues, the challenges and opportunities. Stay tuned to hear from those making global business happen right here on Supply Chain Now. Hey, good morning, everybody. Scott Luton with you here on Supply Chain. Now, welcome to today's show. We are continuing our series here that we like to call the Now Generation, where we sit down with students, professionals, and educators from the leading supply chain management programs really around the world. And we have got an excellent show teed up here today. Now, with that said, and we're not going to waste any time. We're going to dive right in. I want to introduce our panel here today, uh, starting with Dr. Shay Scott, Executive Director of the Global Supply Chain Institute at the University of Tennessee. Shay, how are you doing? Doing great, Scott. Pleasure to be with you today. Uh, looking forward to the conversation. We are too. And I tell you, and, and make, let's make sure we talk about how dominating the Vols football team has been this year. We got to add that to the, uh, the discussion framework, but great right to on. have you. Um, and you're joined by a couple of your brightest of the brightest students matriculating through. C.J. Wallace, a current graduate student at Tennessee, also a current supply chain practitioner with the Coca-Cola company. C.J., how you doing? I'm good, Scott. How you doing? Thanks for having me. Wonderful. And I, I love that you wore your colors. You're repping your colors. We had a little fun pre-show. <laughs> Somewhere we'll, we'll find that uh, the, the Phil Gold post that is, I think, floating in the river. We'll talk about that later in the right. show. <laughs> well, great to have you, CJ. Thank and you. Uh, Summer Roderick, a current undergraduate student at Tennessee who's going to be graduating with a double major in supply chain management and business analytics. Summer, how you doing? I'm doing great. I'm so excited and looking forward to this today. We are too. You know, we had a little fun pre-show talking about a recent analytics project you had on, on the uh, the subject of coffee, which I think we all uh, really consume a lot of. And not to put you on the spot, but you might have some good news you can share with us later in today's episode. But Summer, great to have you here today. Thank all right. You. So we got so much to get into, but I want to start uh, Shay, CJ, and Summer with, let's just get to know y'all a little better. Uh, and I want to start with CJ. So CJ, tell us tell us where you grew up. And and after we you know uh, dive into that, why supply chain? Why supply chain for you? So where'd you grow up? So uh, Scott, I grew up uh, right outside of Atlanta uh, in the suburb of um, Riverdale, Georgia. Um, basically, uh, my whole life, um, curiosity. Um, I like things like everybody else. I like obtaining things and just the curiosity of um, knowing how these things get to these places, you know, um, kind of what drove me into supply chain itself. Um, years ago, after graduating high school, I started off in uh, warehouse roles. And another thing that got me was, you know, I would always go against management and supervisors, the choices that they would make. And I'd be like, you know, why are they making these choices? I would mm. never agree with them. And, you know, it was because I didn't really have that um, background and, and detail of knowing all the intricate ways of why things move the way they move and why decisions are made the way they're made. So um, that kind of drove me into wanting to learn more about the supply chain itself, which is uh, what led me to go get my um, undergrad degree and to where I am now here with Tennessee, obtaining my graduate degree. All right. So uh, a couple, so many things I, I got. We're going to have to have a couple hours with you, CJ. So uh, first off, Riverdale, Georgia, directionally mm -hmm. in Metro Atlanta. What, where is that? Um, it's on the south side. So it's uh, right. It's in Clayton County. Okay. If, uh, anybody that's familiar with that. So it's right outside of Atlanta. It's uh, 20 minutes from downtown at most. So um, what is one thing unique to Riverdale Mm -hmm. That's inseparable from your upbringing, whether it's uh, a restaurant, food, sports, whatever. <laughs> it's crazy that you say that because the first thing I was going to say is it's a restaurant uh, in Riverdale, Georgia. Um, it's called Annie Lores. And the best, I would say like maybe the best soul food you've ever tasted. Okay. So definitely if you're ever in the area, try it out. And I will tell you, it's always a wait. So be prepared. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So CJ, let's go next time you come back. Uh, to Riverdale. What now? Do you live in the Atlanta area? No, not right now. I'm currently located in Douglasville, which is okay. a suburb west of Atlanta. So gotcha. yeah, I'm on the other side of it now, but I'm still in the Atlanta area. 
All right. Well, let's head down to Riverdale and grab lunch there, wait in line. I, hey, I can wait for good food. Anytime, um, Scott. <laughs> so the other thing you shared there beyond some of your upbringing is you love the power of asking why, right? Why? Why? And I bet you can ask that question much more powerfully after going through, after eight years at, at the Coca-Cola company and, of course, going through the University of Tennessee's supply chain program now as a grad student. So I look forward to revisiting that because it's a powerful question, right? And I admire right. folks that are brave enough to ask it, right? Right. So, and just to uh, go back on that, Scott. So, yeah, my eight years, I've, I've recently uh, started working with Coca-Cola, but a lot of my eight years has been um, uh, with two other companies as well, uh -huh. um, which kind of gave me the chance to really enjoy a lot of experience. And going back to what you were saying about asking a why, because different companies do things different. So getting all the insight that I can all around the board of supply chain is really what um, helped me a lot. And I will also say kind of, you know, um, help me to get the role at Coca-Cola because with such that experience with other smaller companies, it can really play a bigger role with larger organizations. What a great point. Uh, Shay, we, uh, before we even got to summer, CJ's dropped a ton, a truckload of uh, <laughs> knowledge on us here. What did you hear there that uh, maybe listeners should really tune in on? Yeah, I mean, I, even just keying in on this last point that, that that CJ made, which I think is a great one, there is no such thing as a single right supply chain. It's all about the context. It's all about the business and the external environment and, and how things change over time. And so to really be adept as a supply chain professional, you've got to understand uh, all those inputs, the outputs, the context, and be able to put put the pieces together today to figure out where the organization needs to go. And so I I, I love it. I love the power of why too. Oh man, <laughs> uh, kindred spirits here amongst this panel. Um, all right. So thank you, CJ, for level setting with us a little bit. Summer, let's get to know you a little better as well. What what part of the world did you grow up in? Actually, I did not grow up too far from CJ. Okay. Um, <clears throat> he grew up on the south side of Atlanta. I grew up on the north side of Atlanta in Kennesaw. And um, I moved up here in 2005 to help care for my grandmother. And then I worked with a Fortune 500 company at the time and um, decided to move into management. And then management led me to meet my husband. So then my husband instilled in me the courage to actually go to school after um, we started a family. So um, we're in the middle of having a family and um, running our businesses um, and I'm going to school and graduating. Um, we just, we love Knoxville. It's, it's the perfect place to raise a family. It's, it's absolutely beautiful here. And I could not imagine being anywhere else than here in Knoxville. But wow. my heart is slightly in Kennesaw, uh, Georgia, too, though. <laughs> Just All slightly. Right. So uh, I, I love so many elements of your story. Um, you know, taking care of your grandmother. We can all relate to that, right? Um, you know, being, having the courage and the fortitude and getting encouraged by your husband to go back to school, um, you know, after y'all been building a family, you know, I've, I've got folks in my family that did the same and I really admire that. Uh, you know, you never stop learning, right? Uh, never stop learning. Um, so whether it is Kennesaw or Knoxville, uh, let's talk food or anything else that was inseparable from your upbringing or your time uh, in the city. So, uh, which not clearly you're a fan in Knoxville. So, what's one of your favorite family traditions there in Knoxville, Tennessee? Oh, it's actually coming up. My absolute favorite family tradition, and this does happen in Atlanta, is the uh, fantasy of trees. And the reason why I love it is because all of the money raised goes to the local children's hospital, and it happens the week of Thanksgiving. So, me and my children actually go and volunteer to um, help create with the craft and engage with the children. And then we actually go participate in the fantasy of trees. And it's just Christmas. It's it's the perfect way to ring in Christmas. Man, I love that. Thank you so much for sharing. And I appreciate y'all's service as a family. Um, all right. So one more question. And then Shane, I'm going to get your take on, on what Summer is sharing here. But one more question. So in, in some of the information we gathered from your pre-show, uh, this one phrase stuck uh, stuck out to me. Uh, you said, Summer, that supply chain is a new puzzle that I get to solve every day. So, Summer, speak to that a little bit. 
I love puzzles. Puzzles speak to me. I love to organize, um, see things from a different point of view, work from different angles to try to figure out how to solve a problem. Um, I did that in the military. I'm doing it here. And supply chain, I was doing supply chain and logistics planning before I ever entered into supply chain. It's literally just ingrained in me. Car trips, road trips with kids or family, planning those primary and secondary routes, um, picking a hotel, where is it laid logistically? I actually have to see the layout of the hotel room before we book it. I'm very picky uh, because of the flow. I want to know how is our family going to flow through this for the period of time we're there. So um, that translates all over into the agility of supply chain, the flow of supply chain, how things change hands from one um, part of your supply chain to the other, uh, working with vendors, communicating. Um, I just absolutely love all of it. And it was a part of me before it became a major for me. And so when I learned what supply chain was, it was, it was not even a question. It was like, of course, I'm going to major in supply chain because I already do this every day. I love that. I love how universal your view is of what supply chain is, right? Um, all right, Shay, uh, you've got two incredibly passionate uh, professionals here. Uh, but back to Summer's uh, thoughts there, what stood out to you? Yeah, I mean, I, I think uh, supply chain is in the blood. Uh, we we teach our students to view uh, to view the world through the lens of supply chain management. And, and, you know, sometimes we get criticism from our colleagues in the business school and without that we're on some type of world domination quest. And uh, of course we defer and avoid actually answering that question. But, uh, but, but I, 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 I think you see that how the, the, the power of supply chain, not only to impact the financial performance of a focal firm and the ecosystem in which they operate, but the opportunity for supply chains to improve and impact society um, and, uh, and 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 our overall world. And and it, on some level that seems grandiose, but on another level, uh, as we all work together to do that, we can we can look back and see the uh, see the impact we have. I think another thing that comes to mind is uh, no matter what happens um, as uh, the University of Tennessee plays Georgia, I'd like to point out that the University of Tennessee gets the best and brightest students from the state of Georgia. <laughs> oh boy. And uh, we work with them to uh, to educate them and help them go out and make that impact in the world. Uh, <laughs> I love that. And we're going to hear about that, I'm sure. But uh, hey, it's amazing. Um, uh, the legacy. I mean, you know, the, you, there's a variety of rankings out there, but but what appeal uh, what really speaks to me to and really kind of what you were sharing there is y'all have turned out uh for decades now uh business leaders that really move mountains. And uh, that's, you know, at the end of the day it's about business outcomes regardless of all the rankings and accolades all that stuff. And clearly with CJ and Summer, y'all are going to be continuing uh, in that mission, Shay. So I appreciate you sharing. And hey, Bulldog fans, listeners, all in good fun. All in good fun. Y'all know how it goes. <laughs> um, well, hey, Shay, let's get to know you a little better. We, we learned, you know, CJ from Riverdale and Summer from Kennesaw, but loves Knoxville. Shay, where'd you grow up? Sure. I, I grew up in a small town in western Tennessee called Trenton, Tennessee. It's about an hour northeast of Memphis in the middle of cotton country, about a uh, and it was about 4,000 people when I grew up there, probably about, you know, 3,500, 3,200 now. Um, and, and so, uh, you know, my, my world uh, growing up was, uh, was, was really contained uh, largely within that, within that small town America. I, um, I, I joke sometimes we've got a, a fantastic world-renowned faculty here at Tennessee, about about 30 faculty in supply chain. I think there are two of us, maybe three of us now, that are actually native Tennesseans. And and so I'm like, well, someone has to represent uh the, the, the state that we uh that we that we serve as a flagship university. So I I love my small town upbringing and I I, I didn't know exactly what I wanted to do when I when I graduated from high school. Uh, you know, I, I didn't. Uh, again, my world was what 
worldview was pretty narrow at that point. So I decided I wanted to go to engineering school and there were only two of those in the state of Tennessee. Uh, I ended up at the University of Tennessee and uh, earned an undergrad in civil and environmental engineering. Um, I, I love building things, seeing the tangible results of that. Uh, that that put me into a, a, a career in project management and commercial construction. I quickly figured out that the business processes, uh, what I would call now the supply chain right. of construction management, was far more interesting to me than the uh, than the design aspect of you know how do you how do you design a building. That led me um, back to the University of Tennessee, and I earned an MBA and a Master of Science in Industrial and Systems Engineering. Um, and and at that point, uh, we were very much in the in the dot com boom, and uh, I got recruited into uh, into Dell uh, out of Tennessee's MBA program, and began working in logistics and then supply chain, sort of uh, a little bit by by happenstance. Okay, Shay, that is quite a background, and um, I love how you can you can tie the common thread to supply chain back when. Uh, in a time where that wasn't used as much. And he, that was before the hyphen was added. I don't know where that came from. But um, so, Shay, uh, quick question. Growing up in Western Tennessee, as you laid out, Trenton, Tennessee, I think you called it, small town. Um, when I think of Tennessee, one of the things I think about beyond adult beverages and talent, talented people, you name it, is barbecue. So what was something, well, from a food standpoint, what was really special about your upbringing? Yeah, I mean, certainly I was raised to be a barbecue snob. I mean, moving here to, to moving here to the other end of Tennessee, there are people that 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 think they are, but they weren't really uh, they weren't really raised in uh, in that way. I, I mean, uh, you know, th there seems to be some relationship between the quality of the building and the quality of the food. It's an inverse relationship, inverse. right? <laughs> and, and 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 so you really have to be a local to understand that yes, that is the place that you want to go to get the absolute best barbecue that you've ever had in your life. And, and so uh, that's, uh, that's certainly part of the uh, part of the part of the part of the experience. Oh, I love it. Okay. So we're gonna have a coffee show and we're gonna have a barbecue show uh, down the road a little bit. So y'all stay tuned. Um, all right. So kidding aside, let's come back to your current role uh, at University of Tennessee. Uh, tell us what you do now. Sure. So I, uh, I serve as a professor of practice in the Department of Supply Chain Management. So on the faculty, I, I teach uh, as, as, as one would think a, a university faculty member does. But I actually spend most of my time in this executive director role of our Global Supply Chain Institute. And, and our institute is an organization that was created uh, to, to advance supply chain talent development and, and innovation. And the way we do that is we've created this hub for students, for uh, faculty, and for practitioners to come together. And that's where the magic happens. You know, it's not that faculty are sequestered away coming up with a better way to do supply chain in their office. Uh, that, that, that The laboratory is out in the field for us. And so for us, from a faculty standpoint, the more interaction we can have with a wider diversity of companies, the better we understand what's working, what's not, what should we, what should we focus on, what shouldn't we? And then we put that together with fantastic students like Summer and CJ. And, and again, you, you really get that magic. The companies are drawn because they want the talent. Right. Uh, they want to develop themselves. They wanna hear what we're hearing. Um, and and then the students are drawn because they get a relevant, applicable education and and uh, and and a handful of job offers uh, and opportunities. And then from us as faculty, we love it because we're in the center of, of what's going on. So it's really a privilege for us to for us to be able to to steward that 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 hub. Oh man. Well put. Uh, well put. So much goodness there uh, in doing things uh, the right way, the constructive way that uh, lead to big impact uh, and certainly changing industry. Um, all right. So, CJ, I want to circle back to you as we continue moving forward here. Um, now that we've kind of level set it with some of your perspectives, where you're from, what impacted kind of your worldview, let's talk about the global supply chain right now and what's going on across industry. Um, 
What's one topic or trend or issue, you name it, that you're tracking perhaps more than others right now, CJ? Oh, for me, it'll be digitization because so many companies are having uh, trouble, I would say, trying to adapt to these new uh, processes and practices. You know, technology is constantly changing every day and it's hard. And I get it for companies to keep up. But just noticing how uh, legacy companies, you know, companies that have been around for over 100 years, uh, speaking for instance on Coke's behalf, you know, a 130 year old company, just seeing how it can um, uh, implement these AI and different kind of uh, processes into our normal workflow and seeing the challenges uh, that they're facing. Um, it's funny because uh, talking to a director of IT transformation for the company recently, um, one thing that they brought up um, that the company would be looking forward to uh, try to implement was something called dynamic pricing. And with dynamic pricing, what they're planning on doing is um, uh, how I seen it is kind of you will be able to actually um, by having electronic uh, pricing boards actually change the price due to the points of demand. So in fluctuations where demand might be high, you might be able to, you know, if you know that people are really looking for this, you could charge more. But and that also work for them on the benefit when demand might be low. You know, I, we can drop the price now to try to entice customers to buy more of this product. So just these different kind of implementations that are going around in supply chain now and seeing how companies are trying to adapt that is the biggest thing that I enjoy following right now in supply chain. Fascinating. Uh, I tell you, pricing strategies and decision making has certainly been uh, a lot more challenging, it seems like, in the last uh, six months or so. But I love the idea of dynamic pricing and leveraging takes technologies um, kind of a different point, leveraging them in a very pre uh, precise way, right? Uh, you know, we hear so much about AI and machine learning mm -hmm. and, and all these, um, you know, uh, forward looking uh, current modern technologies. But you know, I love hearing real practical, precise examples where it's being applied with real impact, right? And and it's it's not so cliche. So I really right. appreciate you sharing that, CJ. Um, okay, so Summer, how about you? Let's, when you think of global, the world of global supply chain, what's one thing that comes to mind that you're tracking more than others right now? One of the things that I really like tracking is actually the global supply chain as far as the shipping containers and the storage um, within the distribution centers. And I think COVID really uh, has a, still has a massive bullwhip effect. When you're looking at how much did we order, and um, I heard story after story after story saying, well, I ordered 10 and I only got seven, so I'm gonna order 15 so that I get my 10. And I, I said, you know, that's great. That's a, that's a good thought to have, but at some point, all that back order is going to come and you're going to have a surplus on your front end. And so I actually, um, thanks, thankfully to the University of Tennessee, got to go tour the South Carolina Port Authority recently. And when you talk about all of those ships that about nine months ago were sitting off the coast waiting to unload, you know, that's been shown that it's down to almost zero that didn't disappear. We did not absorb that into our economy yet. That is in warehouses um, at the distribution centers. So I'm studying the analytics behind how can we, how can we take what we have and our surplus, how can we distribute that among the economy so that we have sustainable uh, resourcing so that we're not discarding so much and being responsible, but at the same time, creating um, and meeting consumer needs. So that's, that's, kind of a really big problem to have to solve. Uh, but you only eat an elephant one small bite at a time. So I'm, I'm looking at the analytics of how, how does the warehouse uh, analyze this? How can we separate this? Then we go back to um, our marketing team and say, hey, you know what, we have this. How can we use this? How can we make use of this and still make a small profit off of it? So I think uh, on a global scale, I'm, I'm still watching that bullwhip effect, Anna. It's going to be very interesting in the next 18 months to see how how that is all absorbed into the economy. That's right. Uh, man, so much stuff to dive into there. You know, by some estimates, retail inventories are at the highest levels in like 30 years. Um, and so we've all seen all the discounting going on, kind of going back to CJ's talking about pricing, whether it's patio furniture, whether I was walking through one of the big retailers and it was like a, a grill parade. They had so many grills and they were getting like the deals of the century. 
Um, but you know, as you know, as everyone knows here, uh, all the the massive cost of of these um, massive warehouses filled to the brim of inventory. Right? It's like cost begets cost begets cost. Um, so thank you for sharing. You know, it's all I tell you, it's all interrelated. Even your answers, there's some common themes there. Um, Shay, uh, beyond what CJ and Summer have shared in terms of some of the things that they're tracking in global industry, what's something that's top of mind for you? Yeah, I mean, I, I would certainly uh, agree with the themes we've set up. I think uh, two two additional things that that I would put on the table. One, the the rising importance of planning within our end to end supply chains. Uh, you know, planning has historically been something that's happened at the functional level. It's happened, um, you know, through uh, ad hoc processes. It's never really been focused on. And now as we've entered what we believe is going to be a decades long phase of, of uncertainty and scarcity, uh, planning is really where it's at. P planning is how you raise agility in your supply chain um, in a in a cost effective way because we can't afford to build, uh, you know, re redundancy and capacity. So that, that, that that's one. I, I think a, a second one, real quickly, would be this idea of uh, of friend shoring or sovereign supply chains, uh, particularly as we look in critical industries like uh, uh, tech and chip manufacturing and automotive. I, I think that that's yet another layer as we as we've moved past this idea of low cost and we start talking about, you know, whether it's plus one or more regionalization, now we've added on this additional layer of, of sovereign supply chains where we've got really a, a front and center political frame that needs to be laid on top of our designs. And so once again, we, uh, we get more constraints on the puzzles we're working. Oh, it, ain't it fun, right? It ain't is. it fun? It is. Uh, but, but I really appreciate both of those points. Um, I mean, heck, some of the trends going on in your second point about the sovereign supply chain, friend shoring, all those movements, it's really it's fascinating. Um, and it's going to definitely shape what you deemed kind of like that the decade of uncertainty that we will continue to, to be navigating through. Um, going back to your first point, though, CJ, Summer, and Shay, you know, to our listeners, folks, if you rub elbows with planners, if you're a business leader that's got a team of planners or a planner, you name it, go down, break bread with them. First off, give them a hug, right? Because they they do the critical work and and say to your point, it's no longer transaction for lack of a better phrase. It truly can shape the strategical uh, opportunities, uh, strategic opportunities in the business. So hug on those planners, see what they're seeing, solve their challenges, and uh, starting and stopping there, you'll be better off as an organization. Um, okay. I want to move into Eureka moments. This is one of my favorite questions to ask, right? I think uh, I, I'm a big believer in the power of reflection you know, and especially in this digital era that we're all in, you know, I don't know about y'all. I bet y'all have got like a couple monitors like I do. You got email, you got social, you got Slack, you got whatever. And so you're constantly getting bombarded with stuff. One of my favorite things to do is shut all that stuff down for, you know, an hour at a time, maybe a couple hours and just stop and think and reflect on, you know, uh, like when I'm driving, that's one of my favorite times. That windshield time is when my brain can like, work through some of the challenges that in, in my journey, right? So this Eureka moment is very related to that. So CJ, I'm going to come uh, all the way back to you here. What's been a Eureka moment uh, that you've experienced here in, in recent years, recent months, you name it? Um, definitely, I would have to say the effects that uh, COVID had on the supply chain itself. Um, you know, a lot of supply chains before that time, I would say they're uh, – analyzation of, of their risk efforts were kind of low. So, you know, a lot of them thought maybe they were invincible. So when things are, when that pandemic actually happened, how long it took them to actually just get back on their feet and get uh, get back to, you know, uh, some kind of form of normalcy, the amount of time that it took, you know, many companies are, like uh, Summer had said earlier, a lot of companies are still struggling from those effects of that. So um, just seeing that and um, kind of, I'm glad to be to say that I actually lived through this time because, you know, that helps if it ever was, you know, knock on wood, God forbid that we ever have to go through anything like that again. But if it ever was to happen again, just thinking forward and knowing how we can better mitigate the risk 
in that case is something that I find as a eureka moment. And still, even to this day, I'm constantly thinking of what could we have done different? You know, I mean, it was something that was unforeseeable, but still, what could we have done different? So that that would probably be my biggest moment of reflection. Uh, I love that. Uh, it's so important uh, for these these painful lessons learned, right? Tra- tragic, in some cases, lessons learned for us to take that and and apply it to industry so that we are we are better off in the next because you know it's coming uh, uh the next uh curveball the next uh situation we've got to deal with sure. and to your point i'll knock on wood too because hopefully it'll be a long time before we see a, a pandemic uh, along the, the the scope of, of uh, covid19 um okay so summer i'll circle back to you now really quick before i ask you your eureka moment you mentioned that you're a veteran uh, i was in the air force what, what branch were you in I was in the Navy, the but Navy. I, ha- I got the opportunity to um, serve with the Marines. So I had my foot in both sides. Uh, you said a submarine? Uh, no, the Marine Corps. Oh, I was Marine actually Corps. A, um, a medic for a Marine battalion unit. Well, thank you for what you do. Thank you for your service. And I, I want to definitely point out that we have a tremendous opportunity to help more veterans transition into global supply chain. I mean, there, there's so much talent and experience uh, there. So I appreciate what you're doing. Great to have you. Great that you're uh, doing what you're doing. Um, all right. So Eureka moment. You know, CJ mentioned a really powerful one, uh, and and a lot of what the pandemic has taught us, and how we've got to we've got to really not just hurt and complain and and react, but man, really apply those lessons learned. What would be your Eureka moment, Summer? Mine is more of working inside the industry. And I believe before COVID was um, an opportunity that we should take. We should never look at it and be like, this was horrible. This, every learning experience, good or bad, we should glean from this. And I, I am a big believer in that, positive or negative. There's gleaning and wisdom to be taken. And I believe before COVID, uh, procurement and supply chain logistics planning was kind of like, oh, they're kind of over there doing their own thing and they're weird. And uh, I think now you're looking at people going, oh, wait, we actually need their insight. We could use their wisdom. They understand what's really going on, the nuts and bolts, putting a clock together um, and how to make this operation work in a a very smooth manner. Uh, One of my biggest moments um, that affected me personally was seeing the war in Ukraine break out, but then also the the effect of what happened with that when you start talking about um, grain and you start talking about um, farms and you start talking about having to get fuel to help these people get what they need to get done done. Um, farmers were not able to put crops in the ground. Well, what does that look like? And I just keep digging and I just keep digging. And so uh, that was just a real life opportunity to sit back and go, as a supply chain person, how can this small area of the world that has the conflict, how can other countries come in and help and support and do what they couldn't do? How can we come in and support them? And I think that's what supply chain is all about. I think supply chain is, I think I firmly believe every department in the organization should have a supply chain person in it sitting at the table and saying, hey, by the way, I want you guys to be aware of how how these decisions are going to affect this. And and they are the we're the mechanics of the world. Right. We are firmly the mechanics of the world. And I firmly believe that once you start looking at it from that point of view, you're looking at people that are not just change makers but change way makers hey i, I like that uh someone like how you think and you know one of the things you mentioned there uh with grain right in in ukraine and, and with the russian invasion that's been just the latest example of how uh global supply chains have been weaponized over the years right it, it's 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 a shame uh, and we'll see how that plays out but i appreciate your your perspective and your your uh optimism because you know it's so important during these challenging times to, to, as we've said here, not only maintain a sense of humor, but maintain that optimism, that positive thinking so that we can fight through the stuff that's thrown at us. Um, okay, Shay, man, CJ and Summer, 
Uh, we asked for reflection and we got it. Um, you got it. What comes to your mind with these Eureka moments? <laughs> oh, wow. Hey, so it's a, it's a crowded place in there. Um, I, you know, one of the questions that we got a lot um, after the pandemic was, uh, was kind of in full swing is what are you all teaching that's different because of the pandemic? What's changed um, uh, uh, about about your programming? And, and you know, as as we thought about that, I mean, un- undoubtedly there are some things. I mean, more attention on risk and things. But the reality of it is, we were teaching all that stuff already. And in fact, as we were interacting with company leaders, they were telling us they were doing that stuff already. Um. They weren't at a, at a level that, that that's needed to be successful, and 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 it's not it's not their fault. I, I think it's it, it is um it's a result kind of a, of our of our system, right? Particularly for publicly traded companies that have a a, a quarterly pressure on on hitting analyst expectations. A lot of times, most of the time, that makes companies um, make short sighted decisions, and and often that's where things like risk management and planning and collaboration and and a, and a longer term strategy really get the short shrift and it, so i think that that kind of hit us pretty hard as as we work with these corporate leaders through the through the process you know how do we how do we push forward the field in an environment that really is fundamentally not that receptive um, to, 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 to doing so? And I think it's still open. You, you know, we learned, companies learned so many lessons during this pandemic, and we are already seeing them revert back to pre-pandemic ways as we're wishing a recession upon ourselves and we, we've moved into, you know, cut cost, uh, start doing things that we know are going to have negative consequences, but we have to do it because there's some expectation externally that, that we do that. And so that's, that's currently one of the kind of one of those eureka moments as well as conundrums that's floating around in my mind. You know, uh, so much truth there. And I, I, I was, uh, doing some research earlier this week, um, uh, about, you know, kind of 2023 and that short horizon and it's amazing how many folks are talking about the return to normal normalcy and i, I just um i don't buy into that i don't subscribe to that so uh but we'll see thank you for sharing uh shay uh a, a lot of things that uh um a lot of different ways my crystal ball is still broken i don't know about y'all so <laughs> we'll dive into uh that later on but let's talk about i'll shift gears We've, we've really uh, learned from each of your perspectives, your journeys, kind of who you are, where you're from. We moved into um, a little bit of what, what you do and and what you're seeing out there in global industry, what you're tracking. Uh, we've talked about that, that uh, the power of reflection and some of your thoughts there, Eureka moments there. I want to shift gears now to kind of while we're all here, right, what brought us all together, and that is the University of Tennessee's Supply Chain Management Program, highly touted. Uh, as we talked on the front end, you know, uh, there's so many different accolades and rankings, but uh, the undergraduate and the graduate program are number two and number one as ranked by Gartner, if I've got that right, Shay, right? Correct. And uh, duking it out for that uh, that title belt. So that's that that alone is a ton of uh, a ton of credibility. But again, for me, I look at the what are we doing? What are the outcomes? And that's where UT has been um, just a, a stalwart in the industry. So what makes, CJ, I'm coming back to you as we start here. What makes the University of Tennessee's Supply Chain Management Program so special? So far for me, it's been just my interactions um, with my fellow colleagues and students as well as professors. Um, They have a plethora of knowledge that they're just willing to share. And um, just being able to gain all of that information. And um, what I tell anybody um, that's trying to decide to go in, 
to, you know, their graduate and take it. It's whatever you make it. So if you want to make the best of it, if you're looking to go in and attain all the knowledge and find ways that you are able to utilize this knowledge into your own practices at your own organization, this is definitely for you because you'll get all the tools that you need in order to succeed to do that. So the biggest thing for me is just my interactions that, that I've been getting with people um, this past week. We had the um, we had our immersion as well as they had the global supply chain form which I know was a, a, a few of my colleagues that were there as well. So just having that chance, the networking and everything, um, as you said earlier, it's really it will really set you up in a position to have exposure if you want to drive your future. So CJ, one of the things I heard there is it's all there, right? It, it's all the world-class programs all there, but you, the student, have to lean into that and take advantage Ooh, of that for to, sure. make, to make the most of it. I appreciate that, CJ. CJ, I wish you were uh, with me back in college because I ignored <laughs> all of that. Uh, so, well, um, you know what? I, I will tell you uh, one thing about me. Because, like I said, I graduated um, high school. It'll be coming up on twenty years. So, having, like I said, I, I, I'm really grateful for that time that I had to actually work in those smaller roles in the warehouse, driving forklifts and things like that, because it actually plays a big part into the reason why I make some of the decisions that I make now, definitely. So I really do enjoy having the time to be able to grasp those smaller level roles, because a lot of times, you know, um, the C-suite uh, level management, we say they get it, but do they really mm. get it? Because, mm. you know, information, it, it's rare that information bleeds all the way from the top to the bottom. So knowing that I always keep the bottom in mind really helps me. You know, maybe maybe um, organizations out there will set up policies where all C-level, all board members got to go drive a forklift or a cherry picker or, I, I, or pick <laughs> orders or something. It'll I mean, be you know, great. It'll it really be would. Great. Uh, we'll, we'll, we should have a we, we should have a picking orders manually, not driving the forklifts, right? Yes. I mean, our our, yes. uh, our, our our safety culture would not want that. I tell you one thing, it might change morale because you know when people on that level see that you know they're willing to do that as well and go in and and live the life that we live every day, you gain more respect. Trust me. Yeah, yeah. That, no, <laughs> a lot of truth there, and I appreciate that perspective, CJ. Um, Summer. Same question, going back to the uh, University of Tennessee's supply chain management program, um, what makes it special from where you sit? I will have to say, you know, it's the hometown university. You live in Knoxville, you go to the University of Tennessee. Um, you, there's, I will say there are so many great institutions just within a drive from right here. Uh, but when you start talking about applicable. When you start talking about industry changing, you've got to go to the University of Tennessee. You've got to come to Haslam School of Business. Um, and so I came just based on reputation alone. What I got and what I have dearly enjoyed is just the faculty is second to none. You're talking people that have been in industry. They, they so love the industry, they're willing to retire from it and come back and just teach. And that's got to be a true love. Like you have to really love what you've done to come back and teach. And, you know, Shay alluded to the Global Supply Chain Institute. We just had our forum last week. You do not get the kind of interaction that you can get at that forum anywhere else. I personally was there. You talk to uh, VPs, you talk to CEOs of these companies, and they're huge companies. This, I, I could list all, almost all 73 partners or more and say, I did not meet just, you know, the five bottom pickers. I met people that you want to rub elbows with in industry. And then you go back to the classroom and they say, we're going to do this simulation. And you're thinking, oh, this is great. It's just a simulation. No, this is something that they've done inside their former jobs and said, okay, this is why it is applicable. And they just love what they do. They love teaching outside, just bar none, love to teach and love for students to come talk to them. And then you're talking about internships that are just left and right. They encourage you to an interview for them. They have networking events twice a year, one per semester. You're talking about 
employer of the day. They actually bring employers to Haslam for two okay. to three hours at a time. You cannot go to any university and just say, okay, well, they've got this. And then this one's got this. UT has it all right here. And I've told students, I'm like, if you don't take advantage of at least one or two of these, you are shortcutting yourself. There's, I believe, five honors programs for supply chain undergrads alone. I'm sorry, but if you can't try to get into one of those, <laughs> sorry, but you, I, I question your ability in supply chain. Um, but I will tell you, like, they, we went to the South Carolina Port Authority. They're planning on going to another trip just this month alone, last minute pickup. We um, took a crew of students to volunteer at a conference back in September. They're planning a, a, a spring trip. You're not talking about a university that doesn't care and, they, and they're here to take your money and, and all the things you hear about big universities, UT cares, mm. Haslam cares. Anna, if you want to get a degree that's going to matter, and if you want to be engaged with your faculty and really learn industry changing knowledge, this is the place. I'm sorry, but you can't, I don't know why Gartner number, put us number two. I'm kind of offended by that. <laughs> yeah, summer's, right. not, that summer's, summer's not a paid spokesperson, Scott. I mean, I'll, 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 uh, I'll need to point that out. There is no uh, there is no money changing hands or anything. Well, you know, I just registered as uh, Summer was touting all those reasons. So, uh, But hey, getting aside, I really appreciate that. Uh, uh, as passionate as... Um, you describe both of y'all have been describing the faculty and, and the opportunities that are there. Uh, I appreciate how passionate you are about sharing that message with uh, some of our listeners that may be you know, figured, trying to figure out where they go next, whether it's for undergrad or, or, or uh, other degrees. So thank you. And in particular, I love how you illustrated something that, that Shay said earlier, you know, the laboratories out in the field and the value of, of, of helping to get students out in there you know, uh, truly interacting with practitioners, seeing things for themselves uh, and experiencing that. I mean, that, that, that's, that is invaluable. Um, all right. So, Shay, uh, what would you add to what CJ and Summer have shared about the Supply Chain Management Program and the, and the Haslam uh, School of Business at UT? It's the people. It's the connections. Uh, you know, Certainly, there's the, the there's the technical acumen, but the 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 opportunity to plug in to a culture that that as CJ and, and Summer have indicated is truly about advancing the field. Um, you can feel the difference as you get involved. Uh, I, I I can feel the difference as a faculty member. You know, I get to interact with a team of colleagues that make me better every day. Um, that are, I mean, I love, I, I had our senior staff meeting yesterday and we had several people who were talking about conversations with companies they had just had kind of in the previous day or two um, that was just some really, really cool stuff. A couple of things I can't unfortunately give you the examples of, but, but, but I think that, 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 that type of environment uh, really does make it special. And the, the words that I chose earlier are, are really important. It, it, it's it's our role to kind of steward that that relationship of being a hub. Uh, we as faculty don't have all the knowledge. In fact, as you stated earlier, Scott, a lot of times we're learning as much as the the students are. But we can create the environment to where students, faculty, and practitioners learn. And and so I would say, you know, whether you're whether you're a student that's interested in in a degree program, or whether you're a company that I hope is got your got your focus on, you know, how do we use supply chain to create competitive advantage in our organization? There's a place to 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 get involved, and mm -hmm. and I think it's it's a special culture because we do the the kind of the both and. I mean, our our research faculty are the number one most productive research faculty globally in supply chain. So we write a tremendous amount of academic journal articles that are that are aimed at a narrow audience. But the reason we're the most productive are the relationships with companies and students that we have that feed 
the context and the perspective and the data and all the things around that. And so it's that it's that extra step that we take that I think makes it a makes it a special place. Love that. Um, all right. So um, I want to I want to have like a forward looking portion of the conversation here. We've done that a little bit, but uh, from an individual standpoint. And then we're going to circle back and we're going to get some of Shay's favorite moments kind of from the classroom as he was just speaking about. Um, so, CJ, uh, what do you want to do ultimately in industry you know, in the years ahead and why? So that's a great question, Scott. Um, I want to do a number of things um, involve a supply chain. Um, I try to keep my mindset open in the field. I don't want to get just too stern up. Um, right now, my background is in inventory and planning, but I don't want to say that I want to just involve the rest of my career in inventory planning because there's so many aspects of supply chain. Um, honestly, next, I'm thinking about stepping into the procurement space. Um, it's different things as well as, you know, maybe even forecasting and going on. So I'm just keeping a positive outlook on supply chain, keeping my mind open to it, um, just all the different areas, because ultimately I would like to um, possess a, a C-suite level position one day with an organization. And I know that um, having that wide range background of all supply chain, not just in one functional area, but the total complete puzzle will really um, help me be able to make organizational decisions that will help a company, you know, uh, be a world-class leader in supply chain. Mm -hmm. I love that, CJ. And there, there's so much for what well, I would say, so much for everybody uh, across global supply chain, across all the different functional areas, especially if you like, uh, like we here, uh, believe in a very holistic definition of the term supply chain. So very well said, uh, CJ. And I've got no doubts you'll be one of the C-level leaders that will be bringing <laughs> your colleagues back down to experience warehousing, sure. manufacturing, plant floors, you name it. So I love that. All um, the time. Thank you, Scott. <laughs> all right. So Summer, what about you? What do you want to do in industry and why? Um, CJ is going to be a little jealous. I am in procurement. I absolutely love it. Um, it is probably, I got to sit under an amazing professor for my procurement class and I did not think I would enjoy it. Um, however, I have been abundantly blessed to be able to say uh, that turned from a uh, to a yeah. Uh, so I do want to move up into the C-suite eventually um, and take on a CPO position because um, I want to watch responsible procurement when you start. You can, you can put so much into procurement, sustainable um, initiatives, and then you start talking about making sure that the company has got the right vendors in the right place at the right time. That's something that we are preached, 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 and taught so much here. Right place, right person, right time. Um, and so I think with procurement, you you can have um, this massive effect inside this tiny little bubble. And so uh, I've gotten to do government procurement previously, and I get to do it forward looking. So I think um, looking forward, when you start talking about taking my background as a veteran and then moving forward, I want to work for companies that um, create responsible procurement that help um, create a better life for us here in the United States. So that that way, when you, everyone goes to bed at night and tucks their kids in and says, you know, they have that safe space knowing that the government is doing the right thing in the right place at the right time. And I think that um, that's, I just absolutely love it. I, it's just, it's, it's just who I am. Um, I, I will say I'm a little jealous of CJ getting to work at the, the Coca-Cola company <laughs> down there. Um, but he it's is a lot of room for procurement professionals. That's <laughs> true. <laughs> well, and trust me. And arguably procurement has never been as cool. And, and I tell you, folks are really looking at procurement these days far beyond that stereotypical of, you know, call savings and, and that kind of stuff, but more, much more strategically. And that's a great development for, for global business. So uh, Summer and CJ, we're going to be keeping our finger on the pulse as y'all progress moving forward. Um, Shay, speak to what you heard there, if you would, before we get into, you know, kind of what you do and why you love doing it and stuff. What, what, what did you love about CJ and Summer's answers? Uh, Start starting with well, really both of them. But I I get such such a 
energy from the passion that our students have about not only making their organizations better, but making our world better. And, and when you look even at just what you were mentioning, Scott, and Summer discussed about the, the ESG focus that is finally appearing within procurement, uh, not to mention the end-to-end -end supply chain perspective that's finally procure, uh, appearing within procurement, where it's not only about cost savings and about PPP, PPV improvement, um, and and I I'm 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 hopeful that we are going to see some 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 dramatic movement here over the coming decade in the field where we're making better, more responsible, um, holistic decisions. And and so I I love that. I, I mean I'm I'm motivated. I see students make decisions on job offers because of those factors they'll mm -hmm. walk away from a higher salary they'll walk away from a city that maybe they'd like to live in because they want to go make a difference and an impact and that's that's um that's encouraging for us just as, from a societal standpoint i love that uh completely agree i'm thinking like one of the themes for 2023 and beyond is great expectations right like the, the old title from the book you mm -hmm. got visibility. We invested in it. What are you doing with it now, right? It's like the, uh, I've heard it put, uh, the dog that chases a car. And once he or she catches it, what are you doing with it? What do right? you do? <laughs> so um, a lot of good stuff there, Shay. And, and clearly your passion, which CJ and Summer have been talking about in terms of the faculty and and, and uh, the staff at, at uh, UT is, is very evident in our conversation here. So to that end, Shay, why do you love doing what you do? And... What's some of your favorite, you know, moments, uh, you know, moments from the classroom, quote unquote? Yeah, I, I mean, you know, as I mentioned earlier in our conversation, uh, you know, I, I, I was in industry, I was working for Dell at, at a fantastic time in Dell's growth when we were really setting the, um, you know, setting the the frontier for what what we were doing in 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 supply chain. Uh, the thing that that called me out of that role into a role like this one was I thought my view was pretty myopic because I spent, you know, lots of time on a given day looking at Dell, obviously. And, um, you know, I love the role now because we have uh, about 80 formal corporate partners that we work with on a regular basis. We have about 350 companies that we interact with, but a smaller group of 80 that that we have uh, kind of substantive relationships with. And I spend a big portion of my days working with them, listening to them and learning. And so I, I, I just I, I feel so blessed to be in a position to where um you know first I can I can understand what's going on and and where the opportunity is but then also I can make connections and say well you may want to talk to so and so because they struggle with this and it seems like they're making some progress there or um you know I, I can't tell you how many countless times I've heard well my industry is different well we're unique I'm like well okay I, I hear that and it's true to some degree but why don't you have a conversation with them and see if you can pull that across? Because it looks like it might it, it, it might happen, and that's just that's that, that's fun. I love it. I, I'm leaving uh, day after tomorrow to, to go spend uh, ten days with our executive MBA for global supply chain students. Uh, we'll be in Munich and in Barcelona, uh, spending the entire seven days meeting with companies. So we're meeting with, uh, you know, established automakers. We're meeting with a, a startup firm that's got solar powered cars. We're meeting with, uh, you know, large management consultant and their supply chain innovation center. And so that's just cool to be able to spend a week all day talking and seeing with our own eyes about what what the what the the, the frontiers are, um, you know, in Europe. And then we bring them back here and vice versa. I love that. What an outstanding opportunity. And, and hey, we'll have to do a show on your key takeaways when y'all get back. So we'll follow up cool. on that, uh, Shay. Um, all right. So when you think about, maybe it's, it's what's one of your recent favorite moments from the classroom? Maybe it's something you've learned from your students. Yeah, I, you know, 
One of the big ones for me, again, I, I teach more in graduate programs and undergrad programs. So in this executive MBA for global supply chain is we were with them through the pandemic and we were really seeing firsthand in the classroom talking about things like agility. I remember that's 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 one of the first times that we were really I was really able to put together with specificity how important the planning processes and agility as we were as we were hearing from organizations and I was hearing from um, from a couple in particular that uh, well we have planners that have this experience in this background so we will we were able to anticipate this and react to it in that way and it helped us avoid that situation and then you hear from another student in another company that's like well our planning organization really has gotten pushed to the side and they don't communicate really well. And we got slammed by that. And so, I mean, that that conversation that's been, you know, two years ago now, but that conversation really was able to crystallize really early for me. OK, we're on to something here. And then we got our research teams kind of digging in on that and are able to produce, uh, you know, whether it's industry white papers or academic research around it. Man, what a. I'm so jealous of the opportunity you have, Shay. Uh, I'm, I'm I'm jealous of CJ and Summer too because of of how much they're enjoying furthering their uh, careers and perspective and expertise. But Shay, man, to be the be uh, kind of to see the tip of the spear, right? Because not only are all those practitioners that are in, out there working right now, you know, beyond the undergrads, perhaps, but um, you know, they're also consumers. And that's been, gosh, all the learnings there in the last couple of years as those, as we have made decisions differently and shop differently and all those different preferences. So thank you for sharing, Shay. Uh, we'll have to have you back and dive a little deeper. To that end, CJ, Summer, and Shay, I want to make sure our listeners, uh, I wish we had another hour with, with all of y'all. I really have enjoyed your perspective here today. A lot of common threads but also some very unique things each of all three of y'all brought to the conversation. So CJ, if folks want to connect with you, uh, you know, whether they have you in the keynote or whether they want to talk uh, good places to eat down in Riverdale, Georgia or Douglasville, you name all points in between. How can folks connect with you? Sure. Um, you can um, find me on LinkedIn um, under, you'll see it, Clarence CJ Wallace Jr., um, you just search it. Um, feel free to reach out to me. Um, I encourage uh, individuals in supply chains, please reach out to me, um, especially ones in the Atlanta area. Has um, I would like to, if possible, try to, you know, um, create maybe a, a group of supply chain individuals in the area that we get together, um, whether it be, you know, to do talk about supply chain or just do good deeds in the area, whatever it may be, just the like-minded individuals in supply chain. So feel free to reach out to me on LinkedIn at Clarence CJ Wallace Jr. Love that. CJ, we're going to make that easy. We're going to include your LinkedIn profile one click away Please. in the show notes. Uh, so, uh, but thank you so much for what you brought to the table here today, CJ, and I admire um, your perspective and your hunger and your willingness to, at, to ask that question why. For sure. Um, Summer, speaking of uh, admiring folks, I, you know, I, I, I really appreciate your journey uh, from serving our country uh, into, you know, uh, at least a couple degrees now, getting encouraged by your husband to keep that learning. And now, as you've kind of talked about the universal definition of what supply chain is to you, which I've loved because anybody you know, can relate to that, you and CJ both can be doing big things in the industry um, beyond what you're already doing now. So how can folks connect with you, Summer? Um, my LinkedIn is just simply Summer Roderick, uh, and Roderick is literally R-O-D-E-R-I-C-K, and whether you want to learn more about what UT has to offer you, I will be back. UT has <laughs> not seen the last of me, um, <laughs> not in the smallest sense. Shay is going to know my name <laughs> more than he does now. Um, so, so our listeners I'm, better consider uh, <laughs> University of Tennessee is what I'm hearing, Summer, right? Oh. Oh, yeah. To none. But I, uh, if you want to talk supply chain or the, you know, effects that we're seeing every day, I love talking about comparing notes and talking to people and saying, hey, you know what? This is what I've seen. What are you seeing? Um, just feel free. Or if you kind of need to know how to get around Knoxville, you know, there's a football game coming up. <laughs> not here, not in Knoxville this weekend. It's in Georgia. <laughs> it is down in Athens, but. 
I don't know where fingers crossed. That's gonna be that's gonna be tough. Uh, Well, hey, Summer, thank you, thank you for what all that you brought here today. Uh, Really admire uh, what you and CJ both, uh, what you're you're you've been doing, what you continue to do, and what you'll be doing in the months and years to come. Dr. Shea Scott, I tell you, this is a representation of what y'all have matriculating through uh, the University of Tennessee. No wonder. Um, so how can folks connect, uh, Shay, I imagine you do a lot of speaking. Obviously, you got this big trip coming up, which, uh, uh, man, you could almost write a book about uh, uh, that trip. But how can folks connect with you and and uh, the University of Tennessee? Sure. I'm an easy guy to find. You can also look for me on uh, on LinkedIn, uh, Shay. S-H-A-Y-D, Scott is my profile there. You can also Google. Uh, it's easy to find my email address. Avoid those ratemyprofessor.com review sites uh, if you Google me. But uh, but but other than that, it's easy to find. Uh, and I, I, I thank CJ and, and Summer for joining us. They are representative. We've got, um, we've got almost 2,500 students studying supply chain across our undergrad and graduate programs. Wow. And so um, uh, those of you looking for supply chain talent, um, uh, uh, hit us up. So, Shay, with that uh, said, I, I really appreciate that. Appreciate what you do. Appreciate the style uh, that you help folks through the journey, learning and, and, and exploring and, and uncovering what they want to do in life. It's so powerful. I uh, really appreciate that. And uh, uh, CJ and Summer, I really like Shay's um, proposition you put out there that uh, the nicer the building is, is uh, the less the, the less tasteful the barbecue is going to be. That's a new <laughs> one for me, and, I, and I'm subscribing to that, Shay. Um, but big thanks to all of our guests here today. Big thanks to Dr. Shay Scott, again, Executive Director of the Global Supply Chain Institute at the University of Tennessee. C.J. Wallace, a current grad student at, at uh, Tennessee, also a current supply chain practitioner with the Coca-Cola Company. And Summer Roderick, uh, a current undergrad student uh, who's going to be graduating very soon with a double major in supply chain management and business analytics. Uh, appreciate all of y'all joining us, uh, Shay, C.J., and Summer. To our listeners. Big thanks for you turning in. Hopefully you enjoyed this episode as much as I have. Goodness gracious. Big thanks to Brian at UT for helping us facilitate today's discussion. But whatever y'all do, listeners, hey, be like this panel, right? Steeds, not words. Got to lean into this journey we're on. And with that said, challenging all of our listeners out there to do good, to give forward, and to be the change that's needed. And with that said, we'll see you next time right back here at Supply Chain Now. Thanks, everybody. Thanks for being a part of our Supply Chain Now community. Check out all of our programming at supplychainnow.com and make sure you subscribe to Supply Chain Now anywhere you listen to podcasts and follow us on Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, and Instagram. See you next time on Supply Chain Now. Supply Chain Now.